beer, leer, steer, mirror, mirror, mirror. There's a, there's actually a lot of things. We could we could make a rap intro. Uh, you can make a rap intro. We could do a rap music video too. No, I think that's. I agreed to a TikTok dance. I bet we'd go viral if we did a rap music video for Crack the Ceiling podcast. Maybe not for all the right reasons, but. Anyways, welcome to Crack the Ceiling podcast. Happy to be back. How are you doing, Linz? Yeah, yeah, we're doing. We're doing. We're doing. We're doing. Um, you know, all all of the hecticness of the summer and May. Your stuff is over yeah. for me, Tiff. You're still busy. Busy, yeah. busy, busy. You know, I feel like it was not good beer week this year, and still it was equally as hectic, but in probably more professional ways than it has been in the past. Yeah. But I also usually overcommit myself, host something no six out of the way. ten nights have to be at events eight out of the ten nights and it was very chill comparatively yeah it was chill mm. it was nice i'm not i didn't get sick afterwards that's so good i know um the first time in 10 years i didn't get sick after a good beer oh, week fuck. that's that's insane i know right that's amazing considering i still hugged everyone and yeah. shared beers and yeah. still managed not to get sick yeah um for those who don't know i i came down with covid <laughs> Um, luckily after the AIBAs, Tiff and I both went to the AIBAs, um, mm-hmm. and, uh, I had a, I thought I had a cold all week. I had been testing negative and, uh, I lost my voice, but I do this time of year all the time. Like my voice is always in and out. And, um, sure enough, Friday morning before Gabs, I, uh, I got a negative or I got a positive test, not a negative test. I had, I had a positive COVID test and, um, I was supposed to host some beer and snack classes, master classes with, man, honks, um, master classes with HPA. And luckily, Tiff and I had ironically had this conversation not too long ago that was like, <laughs> hey, if I ever get sick or can't do something, you can step in, right? And I asked her that and she asked me that and I was like, yeah, no worry. So Tiff, it really sucked to have to call you at nine o'clock in the morning on Friday. I yeah, saw the messages start and I was like, oh, no, 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 no. Oh, and the worst part was that I'd been bragging all week about how I finally was going to Gab's and it wasn't working and it wasn't hosting anything. Mm. It was just a punter all weekend. And then I was like, nope, I deserve that. Oh, and I felt so bad. No, I it was so, so fun, though. I'm sure. But Which is bad. also doesn't help no. make you feel better. I know. I I was afraid that I got everyone at HPA infected with the COVID. Like I was yeah. just afraid they were all gonna be dropping like flies. And um, yeah, nah. I, don't know. I just really I think hated they were myself. fine. And a lot of people I think had COVID that week and didn't oh, yeah. know until afterwards. So yeah, lots of people got knocked out. You were far from patient zero. Yeah, far. And I know that, but still, just the I think. I think we might even have it in a podcast somewhere where we were talking about I hadn't had COVID yet. Yeah. And I was like, ah, oh, it'll happen during Good Beer Week. Just wait. I'll get it for Gabs. And sure enough. And then it happened. You create your own reality. It is nice having a friend that you can call on to stand in your place, 
on stage anytime though oh my gosh i've yes. used you this year already to do that but that's just it right like you need to package deal the, <laughs> the hosting duties <laughs> we do like you never know which one you're gonna get one of us is gonna show up it's one, gonna be fine don't worry <laughs> one american girl who is a certified as her own will show up um but yes so thank you so much tiff for stepping in and i'm so so grateful that i could hand that over to you and just be like I trust you to be fine with it like I think that's such like you know that was something really close to my heart and to have a friend that even though I was hating myself for like three days um yeah thanks Tiff for being awesome and being really good at what you do which comes with many years of experience wow thank you for putting really fun pairings together but what else have you been up to oh man well right now I'm kind of, you know, it's a cold Melbourne night. We're sitting in Beer Deluxe. Quiet night. Some good beers, some snacks. This is a good life. Yeah, it's pretty good. Sure, sure could be worse than this. But you've right? also been doing a lot of Pink Boots brew days. Yeah, so I think we've mentioned this before. For Pink Boots, for our 10th anniversary this year, we're doing 10 collaboration brew days. And we've now completed five of them, which is crazy that it happened so fast. Um, so we've done... Our gin collaboration, which uh, that reminds me, I need to go to Brogan's Way and pick up the gin. Sorry, I haven't done that yet. I need to buy one of those gins. And then we did Shambles in Hobart. We did... Which you got to go to. So cool. Yeah. It was awesome. We did Budrigi here in Melbourne. We did Capital Brewing in ACT. Yep. And so that was last week. And then this week, so just yesterday, was um, Ballistic in Brisbane, which looked incredible. Yeah. Shout out, Lauren Jack. Looked like an amazing day. Yeah. Huge, considering we've always kind of not had a ton of members in Queensland, and it looked amazing. Yeah. Good. So, yeah. Next up is Shapeshifter in South Australia. It's going to be so good. And then Blackman's down in Geelong. And then Thirsty Crow in Wagga Wagga. Amazing. I know. Um, I'm excited because I wanted to talk about our beer judging experiences. Mm-hmm. I think especially Lindsay had her first opportunity as an yeah. associate beer judge this year. So I kind of wanted to ask her about her experience, but then also kind of talk through, like, how the hell you become a beer judge. Because yeah. it's not... Nothing is ever clear. No. It's clear as mud. Trade secrets. So secret. secrets. So, um, yeah, I'm yeah. kind of just want to thought it would be kind of fun to talk about that as your first experience, yeah. what it was like. Yeah. Um, first experience at the AIBAs. Yeah. Which is like big dog. Yeah, like a proper international. Yeah. It's big. it's a very, I mean, it's one of the biggest beer competitions in the world. Yeah, it's wild. We're kind of lucky that it's in our backyard, so we get the opportunity to see it every year. Yeah, very lucky. We've both stewarded before. Yep. Um, and for those who don't know, stewarding is an excellent thing that anybody and everybody should do, especially, like, if you love to drink beer and you're in the industry, but maybe you're not in the industry in a professional we just like setting, our, you're just a beer fanatic. Like to drink beer. Yeah. yeah I think... I think stewarding is just incredible. It's like you learn so much. You, you get to taste so many cool things. You get to taste all the things. Yeah. Um, and see what people are tasting. And oftentimes you get to sit down on a table. So yeah. it's, if you haven't stewarded before, steward, if not at a big beer competition, find a homebrew competition and offer yeah. to steward because it's the most important job, I think, really. Oh, yeah. but it, And I think it's like... 
understanding how competition works mm-hmm. will, um, will, will one, if you are in the industry, understanding how it works will help you then become better at entering beers. Yeah. But then also, if you do want to become a judge, if you've never stewarded, I think you have. I think you have to. Yeah. Agreed. It's kind of my whole thing where I'm like, you should allow. You should have a license to be able to eat out for dinner. Yeah. I'm should. always like, just you have to work as a server or a bartender. At some yeah. Point you in have your to work back a house for like five days yep. before you get your license. Yeah. So you know how to behave like a proper human being. Yeah, and it just reminds you that nobody's better than anyone else. Like, treat people with respect. Yeah. Like we're all just trying our best. Also, like. If you're, something's cooked wrong, it's not your server's fault and no. taking it on anyway. So that's why I thought it would be kind of fun to talk about it because it's still fresh. Yeah. It was only, a month, it was only ago. a month ago. Yeah, it was a month ago, just over a month ago. Yeah, so. It feels like a lifetime ago. <laughs> it feels like forever yeah. ago. But also the realizing that we're almost halfway through the year, I'm like, it's just flown, flown by. Yeah. Flown. It has been. It has been so hectic and we've both been very nonstop. It's true. But we won't talk about burnout today. I think we'll save that yeah, for another day. That's not for today. That's not for today. But This yeah, was like a good pause in work life to do beer judging for a week. So Yeah. It's so much harder than work life, though, in some ways. It's, but it's really just such an education. It is such a privilege. And just being there for three days, my palate was so hyper drive like my palate was just so in tune to so many things when I went back to work on Friday after judging mm. for, three, for three days straight and doing the sensory training on Monday so essentially committing to AIBAs for four days by the time I went back to work on Friday I was so in tune to everything I was tasting mm. and I just had like a new I think I had a new outlook and a fresh outlook I I actually had a really great experience <laughs> And I didn't expect to. Um, oh, it can be really motivating being in that room, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I had I had really nice people on my tables. Like I, I had great tables. Um, everyone was really kind and really respected my opinion. And I think mm. my biggest fear going into it was that, um, like my absolute biggest fear. I had a lot of anxiety heading into it, but I realized afterwards that all of that anxiety was coming from the fear of nobody listening to me or like just being I was so afraid people were just going to shut me down or ignore me because I was going to be the associate judge at the table I was just afraid of not being respected or appreciated um and that was not the case I felt so respected and I felt um everyone was there to teach but also learn from each other yeah great but Tiff you stewarded for how long Oh, like eight years. Which is insane. <laughs> a very long time. A very, very long time. Yeah. And you were still stewarding after working in the beer industry and having your certified Cicerone. Yeah. After owning your own craft beer bar. Yeah. You were still stewarding. Yeah. So what the fuck? Yeah. So I had the opportunity to get on a table a few times over the years. Yep. But I was never, like, actually asked to judge until last year. Yep. Um... It's just... Do we know why? I don't know, because it used to be that you would steward for two years, you would associate judge for two years, and then you would judge. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of the program. And then and, and it didn't matter who you were or what position you were. Well, you would get, at least get an opportunity to associate judge. Okay. And then you, you know, yeah. see what happens from there. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't really know what happened. But I don't know. 
things just didn't happen. And it was really disappointing. It was. Um, because I was, I think by the time I ended up judging, I had also done like ABI sensory. And so um, it was really interesting this year getting feedback from judges directly or colleagues really. So yeah, right. um, anyway, stick at it. But this is why I was really adamant that I wanted to find a really clear pathway for people who want to become judges. So it's something that I'd actually been talking to the IBAs about before I was even asked to judge, mm -hmm. which was to find a way for, to make a clearer way for more women to become judges. Um, just because it's still not, I mean, the gender balance is pretty off really still. Off. Yeah. So what, um, are, what are the stats again? Um, again, I don't so think we've mentioned this, it on this podcast, but. This year we counted it up and this is not exact. This is based on like the initial names that were sent around. It was something like. Eight women and out of about 45 initially. Yep. Um, of like experienced judges, judges that were coming back for a second time plus. Yeah, so yeah. experienced judges. And then yeah. associate judges, we were also sitting at eight out of 15. Which is crazy. Yeah. And that Which, is in such big parts. That's because of your efforts. Yeah, so it was really awesome. Again, like I'd been talking about this for years and we finally like we finally nailed it down. It was a very last minute, but that we through Pink Boots we were able to nominate three associate judges for AIBAs. Mm -hmm. Um we were able to nominate judges to the Sydney Royal Beer Show last year. Um I think and then this year Sydney Royal we're gonna do it again. Yep. So we've got two associate judges that we're nominating. This year, but also the ones we nominated last year are asked, have been asked to come back. Which is awesome. I know. There's actually really awesome news about it, but I won't share it here because okay. I'll wait for them to share it. I'm very excited. Cool. I think it's going to be very cool. Um, but just but through not only having the spaces made available, but we're also making sure that there's education around in terms of like learning how judging works, what you need to know before you get there, yeah. understanding like what makes a good judge. Um, so we'll get to a point where we can actually start from, okay, you are joining the industry and you think you might want to be a judge or you've maybe shown some talent in terms of sensory that there's actually a place for you to go to look and be like, how do I learn to be a beer judge? Yeah. So we can start to pull that together. Yeah. Right now we're kind of just working with, there's so much, so many talented Pink Boots members already just out there that haven't been hadn't haven't had the opportunity so they just haven't had the the door the ceiling cracked <laughs> like, <laughs> but honestly you know like that's really what it comes down to right like um stephanie yeah one of the pink boots i was a pink boots nominee for those who don't know um it was entirely i was not involved in the process <laughs> just to be clear <laughs> we had very very experienced judges choose the nominees yeah so it wasn't tiff even though that was the first thing i said i was like i just want to <laughs> be very clear me. i was not involved was in like, the oh, choice this is bad this is not this is not fair but no it was a um you know it I, and to be honest i i am experienced i am a certified yes you Cicerone. are yep. i work in the industry in a, a professional um, capacity, and I've been in the industry for a long time, but at the same time, I just think there are so many talented women in pink boots, and doing the sensory session with Tina that we did in Victoria, because that's what happened, right? It was all 
each state did their own sensory yep. session yep. and it was like a full like mock judging thing which to be honest why don't all beer competitions do it that way like why isn't that the pathway to judge yeah because then you're not only I mean it would be cumulative right like so first of all you have to meet these like professional level qualifications but after you've shown that you're a professional in the industry then the next step is like that's not enough right then we need to know that you're able to judge objectively because it's not just about judging yeah is the beer good or bad? It's objectively judging it. Against the style guidelines. Against the style guidelines. Um, and and then, then not only being able to judge it, but being able to provide commentary and feedback on it. Yeah. Which is, that to me is where the skill I think really comes in. Yep. And that's where being a professional that's been working in the industry for, you know, maybe very new, but still very trained. Like that's why you want trained people going into this. So I'm just, I, it's funny to me that we don't first have people be like oh you meet these level of qualifications now like let's put you in a mock judging experience and if you pass that like an audition why don't we audition i don't know i mean i guess that probably for so many years there were only so many people to pull from yeah true and maybe only in the last few years has it been an issue of like there are actually more talented people than we know of i guess than than already sit in the pool i guess yeah i mean it's something i know so tina and justin fox has had judges They've certainly expressed their concerns in terms of like, as the future happens, they want to make, they, you know, they've been considering how to bring new people in. So we just kind of pushed things along from Pink Boots and went, right, well, if you give me the opportunity, I will make sure that there are skilled people taking those positions. And that way everybody at least has the chance. Yeah. That's so fucking mad, Tiff. I'm very excited. Well, I think so, right. So you come in as an associate yes. judge and then you associate judge generally for two years before you can be asked to be a full judge. It's not necessarily that big of a difference. Um, the head judge at every table will decide if an associate judge's scores count. So essentially based on their first few assessments, decide if it counts or not. And like, just to be clear, I'm still an associate judge. So I yeah. still came in as an associate judge. It was actually really good because we kind of all came in on early on the first day and did sensory training together. Yeah. Which was awesome. So that yeah. they provide some sensory training for associate judges yeah. before actually embarking on the big hard week of judging. Yeah, and like friendly and friendly sensory training as well. It was ran by, of course, Justin, because Tina was out, but um, it was not uh, intimidating at all. It was like enthusiastic. Yeah. It was good. It was exciting. It was hard. It was hard. It was like a lot of, (laughs) it was a lot of taints that we don't normally taste. Um, So, you know, Warren Posey and Justin Fox were kind of going around going, has anyone at the table guessed it? And we're all kind of like so close. We'd actually gotten the descriptors right, but we hadn't actually gotten the fault right. Except for Stephanie. Yeah. Stephanie. (laughs) Sensory goddess. That girl. She's just amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Incredible. We have a little, little dinner, a little intro, and then come the next morning, it is on. It's full on. It's full so on. So for me, judging is exhausting because you just, every single glass that gets put in front of you, you have to consider. But also, you know, every single thing you're thinking, you're thinking, you're thinking constantly and trying to put words to what you're tasting. Mm. So it's a, there's no 
real downtime in a day like that. No, there's not really. It's a lot. And it's a lot of setting down. I really struggled with that. That was my least favorite part of judging. The thing I hated the most was that I was forced to sit in a chair <laughs> for three days. Um, and it was a lot harder than I expected it to be. <laughs> I was often getting around, getting up and just like kicking my legs around. Um, it's allowed. Yeah, it's allowed, but it, that was that was a real challenge for me. <laughs> I don't know, what, what did you think about like the whole process of going from like kind of, okay, you've been invited to associate judge, you come in and do the sensory training and then you just jump right in really. Yeah, and I mean, that's, I think it, it was good. It's, I mean, it's similar to what happened with the indies a few years ago like it was just like sensory training and then bam you're in and you're doing it and I think that that's it was good it was I was really really nervous the first day I was really really nervous and I was so fortunate to be on the table with at least one person I knew um Sam Bethune just oh he was awesome to judge with on my table the first day and I was like oh someone I know (laughs) a friend um and then you know I uh, Luckily, I had that level of comfort there, I guess, because I was yeah. I was terrified. I was terrified. I was terrified to let pink boots down. Um, and it just really is. It's, you know, I was terrified for everyone. Well, to find out that it really was Tiff that got me in. And <laughs> There's no that way joke. that would have flown. <laughs> there would have been a riot. Get out of here. I was like, everyone's going to be like, oh, Lindsay, we just brought her here for the TikToks. <laughs> Did you even TikTok the whole week? I did, yeah. Oh, maybe I, I should follow you on TikTok. Fuck, I hate if we're not going to talk about this again. <laughs> I can't. I just, I just I can't, I can't do it. I can't. I can't. Um, but yeah, no, I think that that was, that was, and I was really in awe by the other judges, but like the other women, I was just absolutely in awe by them and everyone I met there. Um, yeah. And I met some really cool people. Yeah. Sometimes it's the only time the whole year you really get to meet some of these just insanely smart people. Yeah, fucking Sarah, who's the head brewer at CUV. Like, yeah, she was awesome. What? <laughs> like, so she just casually, and she was an associate judge this year, too. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's where I, and I'm just, ugh, I'm going to go on a bit of a tangent. There are a lot of people out there who are in the beer industry, not really in the industry, but, you know, avid beer drinkers. And... They, they want to they want to judge, um, which, yes, 100%. Um, but you need the qualifications. You need the industry experience. And you can't just walk in and do this. Like, tasting beer every day and posting a photo of it on Instagram isn't really enough to, like, get the level of knowledge that I think you need. And when you're meeting Sarah, who's the head brewer at CUB, and she's an associate judge for the first year it's like oh yeah I mean a lot of that is and again also why the pathway to judging program works is because at the bigger companies like you don't want to have 10 people from CUB on a panel of 60 of course even though there's that many talented people but then sometimes you know it takes a lot for somebody to then step down and make room for new people. Yep. This is kind of a good way to, you know, find some really awesome. Yeah. Like, just, yeah. Should It really should be an audition. Maybe they should go, like, all America's Got Talent, kind of. Yeah. <gasps> or The Voice. 
No. Like, you can... Why did you say no, Tiff? I think this is a great idea. Hear me out on this for a minute. Just hear me out. Your panel of judges aren't facing you, and you have to sit there and, like, talk through the beer. But, oh, it's, like, also the masked singer as well, so they can't tell your identity. And then they're going to change your voice. There's going to be a voice filter on it. And so they're just going to have to go 100% on what they hear. And then when they hear the perfect beer description that's very subjective, they'll buzz the buzzer and turn around, and it'll be a big celebration and a big reveal. Can you tell Lind is the creative one? And then it'll be someone that's actually like a beer, just a beer Instagrammer or a day-to-day beer drinker, and they're going to be the most talented taster in the world. Yeah, that's fair. All right, okay, I'm coming around. I think I'm just like, if it was down to one time, I'd be so nervous and like... Yeah, but if you'd be wearing a mask... I'm fine. all about this. Um, AIBAs or Indies, if you want to contact me and discuss <laughs> doing a voice style audition for the next beer taster or ABC, I don't know. It could be your next great game show that people want to watch. <laughs> I would just love to. Watching people describe beer. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I mean, mm-hmm. there's heaps of YouTube channels where people are doing just that. So, all right. So, yes, that was my experience. What was your experience, Tiff, coming in as a second time? How was it different from your first time around? I don't know if it was that different, to be honest. I think, like, even the first time around, I kind of knew a lot of the people in the room, again, after mm-hmm. having stewarded for so, so long. Yeah. Um, and also being in the industry and yeah. all the roles you've been in. But I think stewarding I just think people kind of just know who you makes are you really comfortable with the process. So mm. there's you know that like you know what to expect and you understand like where the leeway is. So you know you're gonna start with essentially like a palate cleanser, so you can ever set everybody's palate and kind of make mm-hmm. sure everybody's on the same page and. But I think the other thing for me is like coming in even as an associate, like as an associate judge the second time, yeah, didn't bother me even the slightest. No. Like I was mostly just grateful to be there. invited, yeah, and, doing and it to every be day. there. I don't really care what the title is; it doesn't really matter to me. It was for me more about the experience, yeah, and being like just being able to do it because I think I feel like I've, I've worked really hard to get to the point where. I knew that I could sit confidently and, like, write feedback and score a beer. Yeah. It took a long time. Well, I'm glad you finally have come to that (laughs) spot because you deserve to have all of that confidence. But, like, as well, you deserve to be there. And that was the fucking beauty of it. Like, finishing those three days and being like, man, I just got to set and drink some of the best beers in the world Mm. for three days and discuss them. Like, have conversations about them. I just yeah. got to like to set and nerd discuss, out. Nerd so out. So good. It's so good with people who want to nerd out too. Like it's just really like that's really exciting. That was the best thing. Okay, so if you wanted to be a beer judge, like what kind of things yeah. do you study to yeah, be a let's beer talk judge? About that. Um, look, there's so I've professional wise, I've judged at the indies Mm. professional wise I don't know big professionally professional awards but I also regularly judge at homebrew comps comps, yeah Um, and I love judging at homebrew comps they're so fun it's so fun and the level of feedback that you get to give is completely different um now I agree that was the first thing I ever judged homebrew competitions many of them so many so many of them and everyone I think everyone should do it because it's a day they normally feed you lunch even if you are like a professional yeah experienced brewer like it's I think it means a lot 
to everybody for your feedback. Yeah, and yeah. for you being there as well. Yeah. Um, and to be fair, like, there are incredible beers out there that are homebrewed. I think some of the best beers out there are probably homebrewed beers. Yeah. Um, and they can do really, like, that's where all the innovation happens because they can do it on these really small scales, very, very cheap, and make, like, people invest a lot of money in their homebrew kits, and you get some amazing stuff, and you get some funky stuff. But that's what it is, right? So, like, you get these people who are super hyper-fixated at home, and, like, this is their obsession, and this is yeah. their hobby, and they really refine it, and, man. Good. So, I think yeah. homebrew comps, and how do you judge homebrew? comps i think you need to get in touch with your local homebrew club um you can also become a bjcp judge certified judge which bjcp yep. is the beer judge certification program um personally and tiff i know we've both tried it's really hard to it get into really those exams hard. it's very clicky um and it typically goes to people who are members of a homebrew club yep. first and it's hard <laughs> and sometimes they'll and I worry because it's just a lot of memorization. And yeah. so I I struggle with that. Yeah. Good thing to pair, though, learning all the BJCP. If somehow you can pony it up with your you're learning cer- for your certified Cicerone yeah. or advanced Cicerone, which I think that's how I'm going to do <laughs> no. it. Um, that's that's when you can just because yeah. you're going to have to memorize those beer styles. Anyway, and yes. And homebrew, homebrew clubs are great. Great to go to. Yeah. It's just a bunch of beer nerds. And if you really love beer, that's that's where you need to be um and yeah out of that i mean i would say get your cicerone certification but like it's hard <laughs> yeah going from beer server to certified cicerone is like a two to three year process realistically yeah. um i think unless you're in the industry every day and talking beer every day yeah. i think you can speed it up yeah 100 percent. if if it's your job yep um and if you already have a base level of knowledge if you're already a professional yeah. in the industry um, At least in one of the kind of like, there's different sort of pillars that sit under the certification. If you are, you know, if you have extensive venue management experience and like beer draft management experience, yeah, that's great because then that's like a whole area of the exam yeah, that you don't need to spend as much time studying. Yep. Where and you know, if you're a brewer, then that's a whole area of the exam you don't have to spend as much time studying. Whereas yep. like, I came in from like sales and marketing and had to learn all of it. Yeah. Um, but I was. <laughs> had a lot of experience talking about it yeah so for me that was kind of like I was like the essay questions bring them on yeah so yeah yeah but yeah certified Cicerone I mean and I'm just gonna clarify this it does need to be certified Cicerone because yeah certified is quote-unquote level two yeah that's the only time you can actually call yourself a Cicerone is when you've hit that level because that's when you do the in-person tasting exam yeah like that's when you're actually having to do instead of just a Multiple, multiple choice. choice online yeah um where you get two free retakes and you can have notes in front of you and yeah and then of course advanced cicerone there's only one in australia um oh god tiff we need to do that That's i know we need to talk to we'll teamwork it tiff and i are gonna take our advanced cicerone is it is that it we're setting our intention publicly yes oh, early that out. no <laughs> early 2023 we're setting the intention yeah 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 Cool. Um, right. But so those that's kind of the ways. Also, just working in the industry um, and getting to know people in the industry as well, because it is a lot of who you know. It's a lot of who you know. It's a lot of networking. It's mm-hmm. who you know. And do they respect you? And, like, do you have the skill set? Yeah. Um, you do need to put yourself in positions where you are talking about beer in front of other people. Yep. Um, 
it's just make those opportunities for yourself. Yep. I mean, it's not, there are a lot of people who were, who are handed this kind of opportunity. Absolutely. But if you are not in that position, then you need to hustle. Yeah. (laughs) You gotta hustle. Yeah. Unfortunately. Um, but not unfortunately, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. Um, one other thing I did want to touch on, why why are beer competitions important? That's such a good question. Right? Yes. Thank you. Because there's so many <laughs> ways to take this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Why are they important? Why are beer think, competitions important? Because the thing is, okay, so beer competi- traditional beer competitions, which is the majority of ones that I think we would talk about or know about in terms of, like, if you're in the industry, um, Traditional beer competitions are really judging beers, not about is this a good beer, but is this brewed to style and a good beer? Yep. And I think that that's really interesting from a technical point of view, but maybe doesn't always translate so well to the consumer. Mm. So I think it's, I think it's almost a little bit of like old school, do you really know how to brew, which kind of reminds me of like you know, studying art when I was at uni and they would always said you had to learn the fundamentals before you could actually go and, you know, actually go do some creative things or make something new up. Yeah. Is learning the fundamentals, learning how color works, learning how shapes work. And I think it's the same with beer and brewing. I think that brewers who understand the fundamentals and can express that in a way that's like, can you make a straight down the line just really fucking good IPA? Yeah. A really fucking good American Pale Ale. Because if you can do that, I think all of the fun things you can play with around understanding the basics and making good beer, I think it makes a big difference. Mm. Realistically, I don't know how much it translates to the consumer. I think a gold medal is is, is, a, is a way to know that this beer is a good beer. It's a good beer and it's clean. A beer with a medal is a beer that you're probably going to at least enjoy. Yeah. Whether or not it's a style you like to drink, the beer itself is a good beer. Yeah, the beer itself is not going to have faults, and yeah. it's it's going to be true to the style that it says it is. Yeah, I mean, you can't really say it doesn't have faults because it could be any batch of a beer, but... Sure, yes, that's yeah. also true. In general. There's batch-to-batch variations, y'all. Yeah, and, um, you know, it doesn't matter. I mean, on some level, no, it doesn't matter. You could be a whole fucking smoothie brewery and sell out every day of the week and have a packed brew pub and that's cool too yeah that beer probably never gonna win in a competition like this and that is perfectly okay so i think it's about just understanding what it actually means Mm. like you could make the best beer in the world but if it doesn't actually fit into a proper style guideline it's never going to be crowned the best beer in the world which is a little bit hard to understand sometimes i think especially for like punters because it just isn't communicated out that way i mean there are some new competitions starting that are more about like is this just a delicious great beer beer yeah is this the most delicious beer yeah but then that's so and and my 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 problem with that right and and the thing that i like about beer judging is you know at the aibas when we're judging the beers there there's some hop characteristics that personally i Mm. absolutely despise yeah me too i do not like them they make me i just hate them however what's so cool about judging is when i'm drinking those beers i have to be like that is my 
that's my yeah. my bias. Is this in. a great expression of this hot profile? Yes, yes or no? It yes. doesn't matter if you like it or not. Yes, and is it true to style? Yes. So I can give something a gold when personally I don't like it. <laughs> I wouldn't drink yeah, it. Yeah, but that's what makes a good judge being yeah. able to do that. And I think you and that's kind also of, where beer styles are important, right? Yeah. I mean, just I think beer styles are important because it sets an expectation for a consumer. Yeah, of what of what you're gonna get out of that beer. Yeah, even though if you say pale ale, it really runs the gamut. But you know that's why in judging, there's different styles of pale ale. Yeah, and, and you're still gonna know like when you buy a pale ale that you're not buying a stout. You know, yeah, <laughs> or like a double IPA. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Um, so I think, yeah, that's really important. I also think feedback for the breweries is important. Yeah. From the from a production side, like getting your feedback from the judges, because it's your opportunity to anonymously give your beer to trained people mm. in the industry and hear what they actually think. Yeah. Despite having all the hype in the world, which you could have all the hype in the world, if you're like, mm, I wonder if it's just hype or I'm actually really making an excellent beer, that's when you give it to a competition and, you know, you get your feedback and they say, yes, this is an excellent beer. They're yep. like, this is fucked. <laughs> One other cool thing that happened at the IBAs this year was, I mean, for as long as I've been there, they spread the women out so there's one at each table oh yeah we can talk about that and this year on the last day of judging they just randomly sat people like they randomly mixed everyone up based on experience not based on gender at all and like it's the first time I ever sat at a table with three other women yeah I was I was at a table with two other women and one male um I was at a mostly female table on my last day. Which Crew's was crazy. Wild. Yeah, which would have been, I mean, maybe not as good for some of the tables that were all men, but like just to have that. There were there were enough women there that it didn't have to be spread out, and it yeah. was just like see how things go. It was yeah. very cool. What what else what else do we have to say, Tiff? Oh, I think. Oh, I just think if you are listening and you want to look into being a beer judge like one reach out two if you're a woman or non-binary um look into joining pink boots because this is an opportunity these are opportunities we're going to keep pushing for yep um so it just it not only gives you the opportunity to kind of have a second avenue in because your general first avenue would be through where you work Mm -hmm. so another avenue in but also training yeah so we're going to keep the training. The training is up, so good. It's so which, important. Which, you know, we've recorded everything so we can share it with our members. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. It's great. Um, but also, like, shoot us a message, ask us questions. Yeah. I think knowing that we've kind of just started judging, so it's all, again, super fresh. And, yeah. And it wasn't necessarily easy for either of us, so, I don't know, talk about the experience. Happy to share anything we've learned along the way. And Tiff and I both, we really do just want to share what we know. We're yeah. not here to keep no. anything. If anything, I'm like, tr- I'm just trying to make sure that there's whatever we do now is keeps going. Yeah, yeah. 100%. And it is... Stack in the deck for the future. Yep. But also learn. Like, yeah. we, we can tell you our experience, but like, we cannot yeah. put down like we're not gonna hold your hand no and one thing I always you say know? to people though is I think it's craftbeer.com they have like tasting evaluation sheets mm. and if you start 
like start your first beer of the night every time you are having a beer and like actually go through the yeah. evaluation sheet yes. I think is one of the best ways to practice yeah what a judging scenario is like but doing it those sheets actually have like vocabulary on them so it kind of gives you an idea of where to go yep so I think that's something I would also say it's just an easy thing to do and just yeah so easy try it I um so when I was studying for my Cicerone way before I started like really studying I when I read tasting beer he has a tasting Mm, sheet it's the same one it's the same one yeah um so I printed that out but I printed like four per one regular piece of paper and I cut them all up and I like you know clipped them all together because they were small like they were so tiny I could put them in my purse so I would just like whip them out and like write down my notes when I was having a beer. And I think that is so important. Um, yeah. I should start doing that again, to be honest. It's just good practice. And then I always say as well, like judging beer is a skill and it needs to be practiced. It's mm-hmm. not something you can just pick up once a year. Nope. You have to continually practice and it's always, you know, it's a skill and it, you have to sharpen it. Yeah. And it's not just about judging and being like, oh, I can detect faults. Like, it's so much more than yeah. that. It's understanding what you're tasting and developing your palate. And you know what? When you develop your palate, you're going to enjoy food a bit more because you're going to start thinking about that. And then you're just going to have a little bit better life because you're going to start recognizing what you're drinking, what you're tasting. Yeah. And it's not just about that. getting on the piss. It's about, like, really breaking things down quality. and understanding. Yes, quality and understanding what you feel and what you think about those things. Yes, except so it important. does kind of ruin drinking beer forever. A hundred percent it does. <laughs> Unless you're drinking Miller High Life. Because it's case, never has a fault. It never has a fault. You drink it really, really cold and hopefully in the States it'll still be $3 when I get there. In oh, seven good luck. Weeks. I don't think it will be. Fuck off. Anyway. Hopes. Anyways, all right. Um... Thank you. Do we need to thank you, too? This was good. This was fun. I hope Lindsay, what uh, are you excited for coming up soon? Um, I'm actually really excited about more of this podcast now that I... <laughs> know how I, to, like, work the technology? I know how to do the most basic thing of sound engineering. We'll it's see not how easy. This works. Um, but the cool thing is now I'm looking at this and I'm like, oh, I understand it. I know what's happening and I know, like, how to possibly fix things. Yay. If, it's not perfect. Um, so pretty stoked about that. Um, other than that, man, I'm going to the States in seven weeks. So that's it for me. I'm, I'm, I'm just happy. Just get me there. Just get me through. Tiff, what are you looking forward to? Uh, some more Pink Boots Brew Days. Yes. I'm excited. I'm going to Bright Starker Days this weekend. Oh, sick. Amazing. Pretty excited for that. Be so it's going to be cold and wet. Yeah. I'm going to smell like a campfire. Yeah. I'm going to drink all the dark beer. Yeah. It's going to be great. But, yeah, that's what I'm excited for. Good times. Uh, Tiff, um, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me at Beer Girl Bites on all of the things. Linz, where can we find you? You can find me at Talk... You can find me at Talk Beardy to me on all of the things. All of the things. I forgot my name for a minute. <laughs> I was like, is that it? Is that what it is? Am and I going to say can... the right thing? <laughs> you can find you both can find of us, us at Crack, Crack the, the Ceiling, Ceiling Podcast. Podcast. On all of the things. On all of the things. Um, thank you so much for listening. We'll see you soon. We'll see you soon. Bye. That's when I enter the thing. Oh, I'm really excited for that.